Hello and welcome to Searching for Service, brought to you by Rotary District 5950 and the Russell Hampton Company. They are the number one printer for Rotary. They can print anything. They got a bunch of. They've given us. We got some, swag uh, in the yeah, studio. We <laughs> uh, got some tumblers. We got uh, cutting boards, some hats, quality stuff. If your business needs it, your club, and or if check them out. If your wife needs her big can to go Stanley into mug. Stanley mug to <laughs> yeah. go into the they can print the car. it. <laughs> they, they can print it. Put your logo well, on there. We're we are so happy to have. All of you joining us again today. I'm Kelly Kirk. I'm Joe Kirk. And I'm Chad Larson. Our guest today is Deb McCaslin. She is a fellow Rotarian out of Nebraska. Um, on our episode today, Deb really dove into um, partnerships. That was really kind of the theme for us for this conversation. Um, we asked her to share stories and she 110% oh, yeah. Yeah. delivered on Great that. Great storyteller. <laughs> well, well, and so much like, and she embodies the mission of this show, which is, you know, connecting servants through stories of service. So it was just amazing to hear those amazing stories specifically on, on how yeah. they really championed a, a major project. And I'll tease that. You got to yeah, stay. You got to stay yeah. on the show to figure out what the project was and how they did it, and it's pretty amazing. And, and as kind of a, a piggyback off of that teaser, what you'll find is that there's just a if if this isn't the first time that you have tuned into searching for service, what you're going to find is a lot of commonalities mm-hmm. and um, connection points to what. Deb discusses in our episode today and um, some of our previous episodes as well. So to Joe's point, stay tuned. Well, and I think too, like really quick is service is not complicated, but it's specific to the needs Mm -hmm. of who's being served. And I think Deb does a magical job of connecting that and, and their organization and, and their partnerships on pivoting there's some major pivots that happen and um Mm -hmm. i think that you guys are all going to really enjoy this this interview i agree well you're gonna have to have to wait through the break but it was a it was a it was a fun interview and really inspirational i thought yeah i agree we will see you here in just a few minutes thanks for tuning in i'm kelly kirk i'm joe kirk and i'm chad larson we'll be back it the truth is it fair to all concern will it build good will it better friendships will it be beneficial to all concern when we pay it forward it will be returned join rotary to serve your community and the world with honesty fairness and goodwill our four-way test guides our actions every day is it the truth is it fair to all concerned? Will it build goodwill and better friendships? Will it be beneficial to all concerned? These values underpin our commitment to making a positive impact on the world. Learn more about your local Rotary Club and stop searching and start serving. And the song you're hearing right now was performed by the Rotary Club of Saskatoon, Natuna in Canada. When we pay it forward, it will be returned. Show off your Rotary Club spirit with Russell Hampton Company. They're the world's largest provider of licensed Rotary items. They make everything like hats, jackets, shirts, banners, and more. Russell Hampton Company is a fourth-generation family-owned and operated business founded in 1920 by a member of the first-ever Rotary Club in Chicago, Club Number 1. When you call Russell Hampton Company, you get more than just a company. You get a fellow Rotarian-owned business who's there to help. No matter if you're ordering for your entire club or just yourself, no order is too big or too small. Not sure what your club needs? Their team members can help and customize just about anything. They live by the Rotary 4-Way Test. They also give 10% of all purchases back to Rotary to support Rotary's global work. So remember, Russell Hampton Company is your one-stop shop for all things Rotary. Learn more at bestclubsupplies.com. 
That's bestclubsupplies.com. Russell Hampton Company, Rotarians serving Rotarians. For decades, eradicating polio worldwide has been Rotary's cornerstone cause. We are incredibly close to ridding the globe of this virus, but we need everyone's help to get us to the goal. World Polio Day is October 24th. Please consider making a new donation to Polio Plus or increasing your already generous giving. Go to endpolio.org to be a part of this historical eradication of polio. You will help get vaccinations to the most remote parts of our world and help fulfill a promise we made to end polio now. Two drops and it stops. Hello and welcome back to Searching for Service brought to you by Rotary District 5950 and Russell Hampton Company. They're the number one printer for Rotary, and they can help any of your businesses. Check out some of the swag we have here, um, and we thank them for their support. Quality is amazing. Our hosts, we've got Kelly Kirk. And I'm Joe Kirk. And I'm Chad Larson. And we are welcoming Deb McCaslin, fellow Rotarian. Welcome, Deb. We're happy to have you. Oh, I'm, I'm so pleased to get here, and I'm wearing Russell Hampton swag. There you oh, go. There you Are go. you really <laughs> a sponsor? I love it. It's funny you started giggling, so <laughs> I I understand now <laughs> why. Well, Deb, let's let's just take some time to get to know you. So you are a fellow Rotarian. Which uh, Rotary Club is it that you're a part of? I'm part of a Broken Bow Area Rotary. is located in the Sand Hills of Nebraska, uh, District fifty six thirty. Okay. Nebraska. Wonderful. And how long have you been a Rotarian? Oh, gosh. Um, 20 plus years. It's, <laughs> it is, it's kind of funny. I've had uh, several careers. And yeah. um, my last one, I think, is the most special. And I literally retired into Rotary and absolutely love it. Mm. I just can't quite get enough of it. Huh. That. I'm- that is so fun to hear. I want to, I want, before we dive into that, I want to find out how you found Rotary. How did you get into oh. Rotary? <laughs> it's a story in itself. I was, um, I spent 20 plus years as a classical musician. I literally played oboe all over the world in orchestras. And then uh, after my husband retired from the Air Force, we moved back to our hometown in Broken Bow, Nebraska. And I started working at the newspaper. I was their managing editor and then for, oh, I was there for 18 years and became their publisher. But the local Rotary Club um, kept inviting me to their Monday meetings, not because they wanted me, but they wanted to be in the newspaper. (laughs) (laughs) Eventually, they found out that I was really hard to get rid of. (laughs) And um, so I joined that club because I kept going to their meetings and seeing what they stood for and the, the service projects and all, all of the focuses. And, and I can really tag into service above self. I think that says it all. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So that's, that's how I ended I up there. That's always so Love cool it. to hear yeah. how people get to Rotary because <clears throat> the journey seems to be mm-hmm. different for everybody. And, you know, it seems like that it was kind of in your blood even before that too. Um, just the service aspect of it. And it was just a, a wonderful vehicle for you to, you know, be part of your community and serve. You know, the fact that my, my grandfather's a past Rotary Club president well, probably didn't hurt anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's a, it truly is in the blood, huh? It, it really is. That's common among some of our guests. It's very common. And if they weren't Rotarians, they were serving, their family was serving in different ways for for years and years and years Or they prior. were part of youth exchange or... Yeah. And then it's usually vocational. Like, you know, they, they join it for uh, professional connections. And yeah. those are usually the, the common ones. <laughs> I, th- I think when they grabbed me, I was just never, ever going to leave. Because I was, <laughs> yeah. I kind of bleed blue. I love it. Even though I'm a Nebraska Cornhusker and it does come out red. (laughs) I I absolutely, absolutely love it. And I am so tickled to be here today. When Lloyd uh, texted me, it took me about 30 seconds to respond. So thank you very very much. Have you had an opportunity to listen to the show previously? I have. And uh, you guys do really good work. You've got some fun podcasts out there. You've had some things Thank on you. some um, literally service organizations that I didn't know about. So cool. thank okay. you for the educational el- element of this as well. 
Oh, thanks for the plug, too. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. This is not a paid endorsement. <laughs> oh. Careful, it might be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Deb, Deb, before you know it, you might just be in partnership here with ser- Searching for Service. So Don't ask very hard, I'd say yes. <laughs> Oh, well, we do. Fun. Well, we do like five star reviews. On our- <laughs> <laughs> oh, excellent, excellent. Uh, well, well, I know that we have you on the show because we want to talk about partnerships and how mm-hmm. Rotary really fosters amazing partnerships and how you've been part of so many of those partnerships. So, um, you know, let, let's start to talk about some of those partnerships. Well, th- you know, one one project I know is more recent that uh, Lloyd had talked to us about was the Girls Empowerment Rotary Project in Zimbabwe. Mm-hmm. So will you tell us how oh. that started and, and, yeah. and a lot more about it? Oh. Sounds like oh. there's a good story behind it, Deb. There is. Oh, my gosh. Um, this is when I truly believe that I found my Rotary calling. Um, I had traveled with an organization called Alliance for Smiles. This is while I was in Rotary, um, tagged in with with this particular organization um, quite a number of years ago and had done a a lot of mission trips with them. Alliance for Smiles is just an amazing organization. They travel mainly into third world or uh, progressing world countries um, to repair cleft lips and palates. Now, I have zero medical skills, um, but I am a photographer and I can, um, I think, turn a good story once in a while. Um, you know, the journalism ran in the blood for a long, for a lot, a lot of years. So they asked me to travel with them. And I went all over China and I'd been to Ghana and, and several, you know, multiple places with them. And then I ended up on a mission trip to Zimbabwe. And it was um, an exceptionally difficult trip. And it was difficult because uh, when we arrived, the line was so long with um, families who were, very, very much wanted the repair for their, their these, these beautiful children. And I'd like to emphasize that I'd spent a lot of time, years living overseas. I, I lived in Taiwan. I lived in the Philippines. I lived in Europe. And so when I would travel, I always expected to see different things. I expected to eat different food. The smells would be different. Um, sometimes the shades of the colors of our skin would be different. The shapes of our eyes, our languages, um, how we carry ourselves would be different. But the thing that struck me over and over and over again with the Lines for Smiles was not our differences, but how alike we are. Um, moms just want the best for their children. And I don't care what language you speak or what country you're located in. You just, and, and moms and dads are the same everywhere. And in Zimbabwe, we had this huge line of, of moms and uncles and grandparents wanting wanting these life-changing um, oh, uh, surgeries for their children. Well, my job was to interview the families as they came through. Um, I had this checklist of questions to ask, you know, basic questions. How old are you? How did you hear about the program? What, what, what was your diet? What have you been eating? Um, what do you wish for your children? You know, not medical questions because I'm not medical, but real-life human questions. And we were backlogged. And so the nurses ahead of me who did the medical exam said, Deb, hold up the line. Just start talking. Get, find a couple of good stories in that line. Just hold up the line. And so a, a mom sat down with this beautiful child, and I asked her this question. And I had time because they were um, – so I started going with – so I asked her to tell me about her village. And she explained how the chief had uh, encouraged her to come. And then I asked the question – well, tell me about, about your water. Where do you get your water? And she said, oh, I get it from the river. And then I said, oh, uh, do, you, do you go swimming in the river? Do you bathe your kids in the river? And she gave me this, I can't believe you just asked me this really dumb question look. <laughs> uh, and it was a, a look that I don't think I've received since I was maybe 11 years old and it came from my mom. <laughs> really, this you are absolutely the most stupid person I've ever met in my entire life look. And I went, and she goes, and she looks at me, she goes, you don't get it. You absolutely do not understand. And I said, you know, I don't think I do understand. But will you please explain it to me so I can understand? And she says, no, we don't swim in the river. 
Number one, there's things that'll eat you in the river. Mm. Number two, uh, why would I waste such a precious resource? Do I bathe my children? Never. Do I wash my clothes? Never. I walk two hours each direction to get water. That's what you don't get. And that whole conversation really changed me. And I think I started to become more in tune with these wonderful people that we were trying to help. And afterwards, I kicked off with the nurses and went to Victoria Falls. And the nurses wanted to go shopping. And I hate to shop, so that's not my thing. And there was this sign on the wall that said, Rotary Club meets here. And I went, I'm going to go to the Rotary Club meeting. That sounds wonderful. (laughs) And I went to the Rotary Club meeting and met the most wonderful people. And they spent the afternoon running me around the area of Victoria Falls, showing me all the fantastic projects this club did. And we sat down and started talking about needs. And I absolutely loved the conversation, became Facebook friends and WhatsApp chat friends with these folks, went back and told my husband all about it and said, we've got to go visit. Six months later, we returned and we sat down and started talking global grants. This was pre-COVID. And we started writing, working on a grant for the girls. And then COVID hit. Mm -hmm. And when COVID hit, the same club came back and said, you know, this grant is not our most pressing need right now. Our most pressing need is water and food stability. So we dug wells and we built community gardens. And then after COVID passed, we started back on this path to empowering girls. And during this period of time, Norm and I made several trips back. And then um, a trip about a year and a half ago, uh, we sat down with the health minister of the province and the educational minister of the province and the Victoria Club, uh, Falls Club, really, and with the help of their uh, government leaders, came up with this beautiful project. And I absolutely love it. The project is um, just short of $70,000. It's a global grant. We've received it. And we couldn't do it without partners. We have partners from all over the U.S. and India and Africa and just really worldwide partners in this who contributed toward it and individuals. And the project puts sewing machines into 123 high schools. And it teaches the girls how to make washable sanitary pads. And an interesting thing is that you start talking about this, and I've done so many club presentations that some of the guys at the back of the room will kind of start to scrunch down. (laughs) (laughs) Just as as the guys on the show are doing right now. (laughs) You can just see them getting uncomfortable. Especially when I talk about what the girls were doing. And one, during one of the visions, I sat down with some of the teen girls and said, I said, well, how do you handle it? Because sanitary pads are so expensive and they don't break down, you know, the, the one-time use ones. Um, so they use leaves, they use grass, they use, okay, guys, just, just brace for brace for it. My husband has to brace it every time I go into this part of the spiel. They, they use dried cow dung. You squeeze out the moisture and you dry it in the sun. Because it's dedication. Very <laughs> but the girls also get sick. Oh, my because gosh. Because it's full of bacteria. Yeah. So yeah. Um, this just became a wonderful project to do. And I love the elements that it's going to bring into the schools. Because we also, I'm, I'm an old economic developer. So we did the survey. Uh, of different businesses, the safari camps, uh, you know, the hotels, all this other kind of stuff, the travel agency. What do you need? Who would you hire? What skills can we bring in? Because it doesn't do you a, a bit of good to teach a skill unless there's a job on the other end. Yeah. Yep. And they were telling us, mm-hmm. send someone who can sew. I think we have a win-win, guys. Yeah. yeah. So we put the yeah. sewing machines into the schools. We teach entrepreneurship uh, skills. The health industry, the health department in Zimbabwe for this Hawangi uh, district is sending in the nurses to teach hygiene and all this other kind of stuff. Um, HIV is hugely pre- prevalent uh, throughout Sub-Saharan Africa. This will um, give the education that's ne- needed to combat that. Um, and then we're sending in folks to teach uh entrepreneurship, business skills, Excel spreadsheets, you know, all this other kind of stuff. 
Um, and we're just really excited about it. The grant is a five-year lifespan because it is a Rotary International grant. And yep. you, have to, you have to track your statistics for five years. And I'm, I'm hugely excited about these statistics. Estimated impact, first time around, is 6,000 girls. Wow. wow. So statistics right now say that if you teach, if you can keep a girl in high school, how many generations down that will impact. So if you think of these 6,000 first-generation girls, the impact it will have for that next generation and the next generation Mm -hmm. and the next generation, I believe it's absolutely life-changing. Deb, can we go back to something really quick? Um, First first of all, you're a musician. You worked in newspaper. You worked in – like what haven't you done? Um, But but the (laughs) – but but something something else. I'm only five two. I can't throw basketball. <laughs> well, we all we all I have limitations. I have an athletic we, bone in my body, we, body, and I hate crafts. We all have limitations. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but something I wanted to to just notice about this is when the pandemic hit, and you had this project that you guys really wanted to work on, huh? and how you pivoted to the needs that they needed at that moment. Like that was the, like, obviously there's a a lot to unpack here on this project, but I wanted to, to really give you a lot of credit. And because you said something, and I can't remember if it was, if it was uh, off air or if it was on air that, you know, servicing the needs is ultimately the, the, the highest and best thing that we can do as a service organization or, Mm -hmm. or in service. And, for whatever reason, when you mentioned, hey, we had this great uh, project for these girls kind of teed up, but then COVID happened and they needed food and water. And so we really yeah. pivoted our projects towards food and water. I mean, that's a lot of credit to you to, to to pivot that to what they needed at the time and then being able to go back to the project that you know you had the passion for. So I think there's a lot to be said about that and going, you know, what – what do you need versus what we want to do? Yeah. <laughs> no, this was a blessing in disguise. Um, there's it's my middle name. <laughs> really? <laughs> because oh um, when COVID hit, we had a different project that we were working on at that point in time. And I think we ended up with a much better project at the end. Sure. But, but it's a lot about partnership and it's about trusting your partners. It's about asking the people on the ground who are there every day and they see with Victoria Falls. I cannot say enough good things about this particular club. They had partnered with the churches and the different service organizations in their, in their area. And when the schools shut down in Zimbabwe, so often that, the, the kids weren't getting any meals mm-hmm. at all because when the tourist industry folded, um, incomes folded, everything just collapsed on them. So this particular group, they were feeding almost 5,000 kids every single day. Holy and you think a club of 30 putting together the partners in their area to feed that kind of numbers. I was so proud of them. And when they came on, they said, could you, would you be willing to partner with us and to drill two wells? Yeah. Mm. And it was easy. And we didn't really have time to do grants or global grants because it needed done now. (laughs) So it was about putting the feelers out for other rotary clubs and just saying, we want to do a water project. Do you have any, do you have any money left over? And and so they, they contributed to that. And so the last time we were there, we, we were able to visit these wonderful wells and see these community gardens. And the community gardens are terrific because a certain amount of the produce goes back to the community. Another section of that produce is sold. So it becomes income for that community as well as, as feeding the community. You, um, mentioned, you mentioned that the project shifted from your work that you did during COVID, so during these wells and the food. Yes. So in, in what way did it shift the project in terms of focus or scale um, that you felt uh, like it really improved the project? The project we were going to do before was we were going to outfit a youth women's center. Oh, sure. Beautiful. Yeah. The desks, the chairs, the 
you know, mm. all that kind of stuff. Because as you all know, within a, a global grant, we can't build buildings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We can go in and we can redesign a building. We can update a building. We can make a building better. We can outfit a building, but we can't hire people and we can't build buildings. You know, uh, I, it's funny. I did not know that. So I'm, I am learning quite a bit right now. <laughs> so I had to learn a lot. It was a huge learning curve. Yes. <laughs> um, and so after this came aboard uh, and we did the wells, that's when they came and said, you know, they, they were able to build the building and outfit it through a different organization. They said, but now what we really need to do is to focus on the girls. And they knew that they could touch a hot button with me on that one, too. So it's, it's knowing your partners, knowing their passions, and, and knowing their skill sets. You know, and, and what's really cool is about having a committee on both sides of this, you know, I I don't even know the mileage difference between these two. All I know is it's a really heck of a long plane ride. Um, but knowing, you know, we have certain skill sets on our committee. They have skill sets on theirs. And you just tap into the skill sets. I absolutely love it. And having fantastic foundation chairs who know how to put things together and put it together right. So it's got the sustainability. It's got the accountability. So then just to recap, so it, it got you to the specific uh, teaching these girls these skills to create okay. uh, reusable or, or, or washable sanitation. Sanitary. Or sanitary. Sanitary pads. Okay. Sanitary pads. It's okay, yep. Joel. You can say it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, because that's interesting because you went from we want to build the building to we want to okay. – we want okay. to give yeah. the girls the greatest opportunity to attend uh-huh. this building because, to your point, without the the sanitation ability or sanitary ability, they wouldn't even be able to go. Well, yeah. and, it's, and it's taking the project to where the girls are. Yes. Because mm-hmm. uh, Zimbabwe is oh, – oh, I know there's going to be somebody who knows their geography so much better than I do that's going to correct me really fast. <laughs> uh, but they've got – provinces as opposed to states sure and, and this is going to go through one um one complete province and so it's 123 schools i think there are 133 schools in this entire province but it's going to take and and these schools are long ways apart mm-hmm. you know, hours of driving to get from one to the next um so it's going to take the project to where the girls are. And by the way, of these 123 schools, only three have electricity. And I think only five or six have water. That's that's yeah. so fascinating. So our, our initial dream of this project also put in bathrooms. But we also knew that it was going to take so long to get there. Mm-hmm. We needed to pare it down. And so it's now we're going to have several projects. And the first project is putting in these pedal sewing machines. Okay. I love it. And just really quick, like I think it's important for our listeners, you know, as they're formulating their projects, as they're thinking about the things that they want to do as the, th- as they're serving on projects, it's so helpful to, to hear how you guys adapted real time to need. And, you know, you started out going one way and then all of a sudden the need changed and you uh, adapted your positioning and you kind of what yeah. what would you say is you kept as your kind of north star in all of this to make sure that you're continually serving that specific need that whatever that need is you know what i mean like as you're kind of staying on your north star versus getting distracted or getting pulled yeah. down to another rabbit hole i i've never been asked that question before it's a great question i think my north star has got to be being able to do something that will transition down a generation. Oh, cool. Yeah. We're not coming in and doing something that is going, it's the difference between teaching a kid to fish and giving the kid to fish a fish so he can eat tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've had so many sewing clubs that have called me and said, send me a pattern. Can we make these pads and we'll send them with you. Hmm. And I sit back and go, No. Because that's not teaching the skill. Yeah. And it's not teaching the entrepreneurial skill. It's not teaching the business skills and not te- bringing the health education in. It's how do you teach the skill? 
That's sure. that's like I'm just sitting here going that that is incredibly insightful because so often I mean mm-hmm. and you hear about it in in service projects all the time you know they're like oh well they need water let's go build a well yeah. and then we'll just leave and and you think it solves the problem but you know and you hear it in a lot of the projects that we have on the show and like people that we have on the show is there is that sustainability and that um, community commitment to um, sustaining that project and that buy-in and that's what really gets there i gosh i love that answer Man, that's a huge mm-hmm. takeaway of like I, I, I want we want it we stayed we stayed to our North Star that was we wanted to focus on something that impact generations past the initial generation. That's that should be rotary yeah. <laughs> <laughs> motto. There's, there's another important element in this. And it's something that I know that I truly believe in, my club truly believes in. And Rotary truly believes in, and maybe to a fault. And that is the most amazing things in the world get done when you don't care who gets credit. Yeah. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, so well and the said. credit really here has got to go to the people on the ground who, who live there. These are their neighbors. These are their friends. Um, and, and, and these are their daughters. Yeah. Um, yeah. that they want to and, and, and the impact goes very deep because uh, because of the HIV rate so many of these young girls are not being raised by their parents <laughs> because their parents are no longer living and so you've got to keep the girls in school and in Zimbabwe school is free up until 8th grade so high school yeah. is not free <clears throat> so if you think about it if a girl goes in and she's going to miss one week of school every month in order to take care of her period. By the time mm-hmm. she's finished her freshman year of school, she's missed 10 weeks or yeah. two and a half months of school. So think back to your own high school. How would you do in your math class if you didn't attend for two and a half months? Yeah. Or your history class or your science class or your English class or your history. And then you had to take that end of the year school test, which yeah. graded you for the year on everything you learned. Um, you didn't fare very well. I just, home, I just love just how everything's tied together too. Yeah. I love how everything's mm-hmm. tied together because, you know, we've had uh, a program here. It's called Preschool for Success, and it talks about like how quickly kids get behind. And mm-hmm. you, yeah. you, you, this is kind of that magnified, right? Yep. Like it's it's magnified yep. to the tenth degree, and you go, how could they ever possibly? stay on track oh it's not possible you, you just you just you just like it the system works it, against it you it's a domino effect. and it's a domino effect exactly so it's uh, thank you so much for your dedication on this project first of all like i think it's i think it's really amazing and you know we've we've had other guests on where it's been focused on uh women's sanitation and um you know and those things and how much it impacts the yeah. culture of the community when you yep. when you empower half of your po- population if not more to be able to get educated to be able to have skills to be able healthy. to work stay healthy raise kids raise educated ki- kids cuz cuz again we, we go we go back to that generational component where if mom is educated more than likely those kids are going to be educated right so it's mm-hmm. It's systemic. It's like that's always the thing. Like, like when we, whenever we have this, these type of interviews on the show, I'm like, everything is connected. Yep. Everything. And when you have massive imbalance in any component of it, in this case, it's you know, uh, sanitary ability to attend school, or just having to walk two miles for water. I mean. Mm-hmm. That is such a disadvantage. <laughs> it's not even fair. Like no. you just look at that and you go, yeah. spending four hours of your day getting water. Mm-hmm. And you know, tying it back to the rotary element, think about this for a minute. Here, here I am, this chick, born and raised in a little tiny town in the middle of the sand hills of Nebraska. There's hills in Nebraska? Wait a second. Let's back that up for a second. There's hills in Nebraska. (laughs) (laughs) 
you don't believe come out and help us during fencing season i'll show you what else who has some of her very good friends located in zimbabwe now mm-hmm. and just this rotary connection that allows us to be bigger than ourselves to do yes. more than you ever dreamed possible and i feel so grateful and so blessed to be part of this wonderful organization. How often mm-hmm. do you go back uh, or how often are you going over there? Is it once a um, year? Do you go regularly? I go regularly uh, at least once every other year, but most of the time once a year. Once a year. Okay. You know, COVID kind of got us off track just yeah. a little sure. bit. Yeah. Yeah, we, we all just kind of erased those couple years in our <laughs> mind, right? Like, so, <laughs> have you, Was it just by Zoom? <laughs> yeah, have sure. you been over there in the last year? Um, yes, and we're going. Um, we, we're going again this spring. Oh, wonderful! And I can hardly wait. My bags could be packed tomorrow. <laughs> when you were there this last year, you know, having seen it in person, what is going on? You know, tell us more about actually getting to see the work when well, you visited, when, or you know, or, or do you just when, go ahead. when we were there last time? The grant had not been approved. Okay, so it's it, been approved. And I just heard from our wonderful partner there who's kind of leading it up, Sipla Moyo, who would be a great interview on your podcast, by the way. Make the Uh, connection. (laughs) And so he said that the sewing machines have been, have arrived. They are in the process now of teaching 111, 110 teachers how to sew who will teach in the different high schools and the different schools around the area and their process of rolling it out. And so they're really excited for us to come to take us to the schools to meet the, to meet more of the kids. Right. So we can, we're just so excited to see this in motion. And you're a photographer, so you'll be able to share some of those yeah, pictures with right. us. Yeah, that's after. right. I forgot yeah. about photographer, too. Half of my 22 pounds or more than my 22 pounds I can carry as my photographer. <laughs> I can't wait to see some of it. Very cool. You know, just to kind of get back to the partnership component, what has been your favorite partnership? You know, and you can say that you're you're representing Rotary. Um, your favorite partnership that you've that you've had on this project, like what what was maybe one of the ones that you didn't expect that came along? Um, one of the things that I did not expect that came along was a good friend, um, Tendai, who sat us down and explained how here is this just incredibly brilliant individual, um, you know, master's in business degree and everything, who was raised in a very poor village environment, who had somebody who, uh, an unknown person who paid for her to, for her to go to school, um, who's now giving back. Um, as much as possible. And how many of our partners in, in Zimbabwe and in our own here local club give give back? And the other great partnership that has shown up on all of this is how many Interact clubs across our oh, district yeah. Yeah. did fundraisers for this particular project. I went presented at their club, and they're very willing to talk about it, and they wanted to help hmm. their fellow high school uh you know, uh, partners in another country stay in school. It was important to them. That's a cool connection. That's a great connection. Yeah, you can see how that would. And that surprised me. I it... don't know why it surprised me. It shouldn't have. Yeah, no, after you said it, I, that makes a lot of sense. Makes you a know, ton of like, sense. Peers. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and I wouldn't the have. Other, the other surprising element, and I've got to brag for a minute, is our granddaughter <clears throat> uh, took this project and expanded on it and worked out how to do um, uh, a, 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 compo- a composting material that could be put into a sanitary pad. Oh, um, sure. And she developed it last year as an eighth grader and took it to the statewide STEM competition and presented on the project in Zimbabwe and her take on the project and came out with the first prize. Wow. wow. Well, I mean, what a problem, right? Like, because part of the reason why they're not using the um, the one use, dispos- one I'm, use. I'm speak- speaking from my experience, of course, um, <laughs> is, that, is that is that is that they don't decompose. Correct. Like that's that's part yeah. of the problem. Yep. OK. Yeah. Correct. And, and um, single use plastic products in Zimbabwe are illegal. Sure. Oh, brilliant. Uh, hmm. and, and also they're very, very expensive. 
And when you think mm-hmm. to buy a sanitary pad or a pair of panties is four dollars, and your yearly income is maybe two hundred and fifty, because your income is on subsistence farming. Jeez. Um, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Holy wow. smokes. Well, if that doesn't give perspective right there <laughs> in many ways, we're just so honored to be part of this project. And I'm no, my club just beams about it. Every time we, we do another zoom with our partners there, they just, they all just yeah. jump on. It's just great. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Deb, can so you, can you do this? Can you yeah. believe that we're kind of bumping up against our time already? Like, isn't that amazing? I feel like we just well, started to talk you know, to you. <laughs> we asked Deb, to share stories, and she 100% oh, yes, on yes. that request. So, and it's funny because I there I I know Deb without a shadow of a doubt that there are so many other stories. So, I think that perhaps we just have you on again. Yeah, we might have a, to after the trip. Second time guest. <laughs> what? So, you know, one thing I always like to ask is how can people support? Listeners support or get involved, or you know, is there way? Is it donations? Is it um, you know? their clubs being interested in the project. Tell us more about, you know, how somebody may, you know, be inspired by this and want to, um, to support, support. it. Yeah. Uh, the, the biggest thing is make those partnerships, go to those zones meetings, go to internationals, go to your international conventions and, and just sit down and talk to people. It'll be amazing. Uh, here in Nebraska for another really short thing, um, back in the late, um, uh, you know, about 10 years ago, we had a huge flood. Uh, it took out, it killed a lot of the cattle. It was just devastating to us around central Nebraska. And so we, we reached out to our international partners and wanted to, to purchase a food trailer to help feed a lot of these ranchers and everybody who were just devastated by this flood. And so all of a sudden we wrote a, grant, an, a global grant project that was coming back to Nebraska. Wow. And we had partners from Mexico and India and Argentina and Brazil and Ecuador and Zimbabwe and all these people that we had partnered with to go to their countries for project came back and said, we're listening, folks. We'll contribute to our to yours. That is the first that I've ever heard of a global grant coming backwards. Yeah. So that's very interesting. I'm sure it happens, but that's it the first that's the first happens. person that we've had on yeah, out of all of our interviews. I haven't heard it. Global grants require two partners, one from two different countries, to partner together, and, they, and they, that they project can land in either of those two countries. Huh. Well, there you go. There, there's the mic drop moment. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're, we're learning. I am so honored to be here again, and yes. come back on next summer and tell you about everything we found. That sounds good, Deb. Yeah, we'll Zimbabwe partners to join us on that call. Absolutely, and we'll we'll definitely have an update on on the project here. Yeah, I can't wait to hear more and see the pictures too. (laughs) Kelly, want to take us out? Yes, Deb. Thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate you. As a reminder, you've been listening to Searching for Service. I'm Kelly Kirk. I'm Joe Kirk, and I'm Chad Larson. We'll be back. All right, so that, we're paused. That was awesome. Thank you, guys. I hope I didn't share too much. Oh, no, no, that was. Up your game and show off your Rotary Club spirit. Did you know there's a one-stop shop for all things Rotary apparel? Russell Hampton Company is the world's largest provider of licensed Rotary-branded merchandise. From apparel like hats, jackets, and shirts to banners, tents, and awards, they have it all. And most things are customizable. And they can handle orders of all sizes. Russell Hampton Company also has deep connections to Rotary. In 1920, the company founder was part of Rotary Club No. 1 in downtown Chicago. Russell Hampton Company models their business on the Rotary 4-Way Test and gives back 10% of all purchases to Rotary, supporting its global work. So the next time you and your club are out on a service project, arrive with the right swag from Russell Hampton Company to promote your club and Rotary. Even non-Rotarians will want some of your cool hats, shirts, and jackets. Learn more at bestclubsupplies.com. That's bestclubsupplies.com. Of the things we think, say, or do. Is it the truth? Is it fair to walk outside?
Rotary to serve your community and the world with honesty, fairness, and goodwill. Our four-way test guides our actions every day. Is it the truth? Is it fair to all concerned? Will it build goodwill and better friendships? Will it be beneficial to all concerned? These values underpin our commitment to making a positive impact on the world. Learn more about your local Rotary Club and stop searching and start serving. And the song you're hearing now was performed by Rotary Club of Dar es Salaam Oyster Bay. Rotary is a place for all community-minded people who want to serve their areas with the support of an international organization. Join Rotary to find service. Join Rotary to find inclusion. Join Rotary to find leadership. Join Rotary to find fun. Join Rotary to find friendship. Join Rotary to find a better version of the world. Find a Rotary Club near you at rotary.org and click on Club Finder. There is a club out there for everyone. Find your fit with Rotary. Rotary Rotary.org. Hello and welcome back to Searching for Service, brought to you by Rotary District 5950 and Russell Hampton Company, number one printer for Rotary in the country. Uh, they can help you with your business printing. They can print swag. If you're watching us, you can check out some of the swag they gave us. We've got some mugs, some tumblers, hat, sweet cutting board. And we're so grateful for their sponsorship. Yeah, thank and you. thank you so much. And mm-hmm. if if you are looking at potentially sponsoring or would like to sponsor the show. That's how we continue to survive and create recordings for you. Um, go ahead and contact and us. Have amazing. What? What? Go ahead and contact us at, <laughs> go ahead and contact us at searching for service show at gmail.com. You can uh, also, you were wrap it up. There. <laughs> you can also, if you like the show and you're listening, you want to hear past shows, you can find us on your favorite podcasting platform. Oh, yeah. We love five-star reviews. Yep. Like, follow. You can also find us on our YouTube channel, Searching for Service. I tell you what, that's a really cool platform to watch us on as well. Um, I Actually, that's how I consume the show yep. uh, after the fact is I, I like to watch it and, you know, critique our performance. And I also, you know, it's so funny, though, like when you're interviewing, you you don't necessarily pick up everything because, yep. you're, you know, you're thinking of how to... Um, keep the you know, conversation going and stuff, yeah. and it's mm-hmm. nice to go back and go. Oh yeah, we did talk about that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Speaking what, speaking of talking about, like, so speaking, we had an now, amazing, now had an I amazing can, guest. Now I could share. Yeah, great guest today. <laughs> Why we love having sponsorships so that we can have amazing guests like Deb McCaslin. So um, Deb, as as many of you guys know who had listened, she. She really was a part of um, piloting a program called Girls Empowerment Rotary. It's a project that was in Zimbabwe. And we learned a lot about Deb. She, she's a woman of many hats, yeah. um, has had many titles. And it was fun to just kind of hear, you know, her genesis with Rotary and then, um, you know, her occupations <laughs> throughout those years as well. But really her passion project is this girl's empowerment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. really still, you know, getting off the ground and how they pivoted, you know, after mm-hmm. after COVID and really listened on, you know, to the people there and how they could serve them. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was, uh, and provide a lasting skill on top of funding and equipment. I thought that yeah. that, that was my single favorite thing about uh, the interview is when she mentioned, you know, oh, we kind of went off, off what our message was and just essentially filled the needs of what the the local people needed at that time, which was mm-hmm. sounded like food and water and um, and shelter and things like that, where, I mean, that's when you know they had the, um, the outcomes of the people that they were trying to serve as their core pillar okay. versus maybe whatever the project was. You know, sometimes we get into that mentality of, no, this this is the this is the way we can serve them, and this yeah. is the only way. And so it just spoke to that fluidity, to understanding mm-hmm. that the end user was the most important person to reach, and that was definitely the thing that struck me the most. How about you, Chad? Well, and I thought that you know, as they're rolling it out now, the impact when she was talking about how many weeks or days in a school year women are, you know teenage yeah. women were not able to go to mm-hmm. school yeah. 
and we, you could just realize how quickly you're behind in solving, you know, the the, the menstrual. Kelly, help me. <laughs> menstrual, like a menstrual pad. Yes. Yeah. Reusable. Yeah. Having a reusable, reusable and and yeah. uh, washable. Yeah, reusable and washable. Mm-hmm. Solving that and how much it will impact how much they can learn and and stay yeah. caught up in school. And then yeah, also that, be able to use it as a business tool. Yeah. 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 That focus really is the, um, the education, right? Yeah. So like how can we support women to be a part of the education system? Because in missing that amount of time, because I think she had mentioned that it was, there was a certain amount of years where it was free, no cost, mm-hmm. but then like the last couple of years of the education system, you're required to pay. Yep. So if you're missing all of these, you know, weeks and weeks and weeks on end, and then you're not able to um, properly test out in specific areas and it just, it then it's kind of like a, a domino effect. You got to imagine a lot just don't go. Exactly. Right. And, and you, right. you can't help but notice the rhymes that we continue to hear in the different people that we have on the show about mm-hmm. how water helps, about how sanitation helps, about how education helps. You see what the main girders of like civilization and community are. And it's amazing when one of those pillars are just not there or so difficult to to have that it it all just wobbles and falls down and it's because it's just Mm -hmm. it's unsustainable yep and it's just it's always amazing to me like as we're having more and more guests on that talk about you know bringing new types of services to these communities that don't have them and how much it changes how much it changes everything so she was an amazing guest and uh she really was was blown away by her. Yeah, she was great. And I know they're going to share this down. It was our first guest from Nebraska. And so maybe we'll gain some more listeners down in Nebraska now. Nebraska. Oh, they're, they're sharing it down it. there. Yeah. I promise so. not to make any more jokes about Nebraska. I'm sorry. During the interview, I think I make a couple. <laughs> but yeah, she was, a, she was a great guest. Yeah. Well, we want to just take a moment to thank our listeners. It's always nice to have you guys tune in. And we look forward to having you guys on next week. As a reminder, I'm Kelly Kirk. I'm Joe Kirk. And I'm Chad Larson. See you next week. Time to stop searching. And start serving. See you next week.